I just want to share with you a message on repentance. I believe that this is something very misunderstood in Christianity. <clears throat> For most of us, the definition of repentance is feeling bad about something we did. And that's not the biblical definition of repentance. It's not just about feeling sorry you failed God. But the, the Greek word metanoia is to change one's mind and attitude towards the sin. Many of us just feel sad that we failed God again. But we repeat those besetting sins. And God wants us to repent of them. That means to leave them behind, to change our mind towards them, that they would no longer so easily beset us, but we would in fact change our mind in such a way that we would hate them. And we would uh, deal with them before we were even tempted again. I think about the power of sin in our flesh. Paul tells us about it in Romans 7. He says that the power of sin resides in our flesh, yet my inward man delights in God's law, yet there's a war that wages in my mind between the members of my body where the power of sin resides and the spirit within my spirit man where God resides, and in my mind I've got to decide between the two, and it's a war. It's a war. And the question I have to ask is, how can we change the course of the power of sin that abides in us. How do you change the power of the course of that river? The river of flesh, the river of self-pursuit, self-desire, self-will. How do you change such an incredible power? You know the power I'm talking about. It causes you to want to move by the rush of its river through your being so that you satisfy the flesh once again. The war we all have to contend with. How do you stop such a mighty, raging river? The answer is through the work of repentance. You've got to have a repentant heart. Because through repentance we find faith in the Spirit's deliverance. Through repentance we will find the voice of the Spirit calling us to another path and to turn another way. But we've got to have a repentant heart so that we will listen to the voice of the Spirit. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Well, we'll back up so you get the context. Verse 9, Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. And the word salvation can also mean deliverance, can also mean healing. So repentance leads to deliverance from any besetting sin, any issue of sin in our lives. Repentance is the road that will lead us to deliverance. Repentance is the heart that will lead us to healing. So, please understand the broader picture here. It's not just talking about salvation. He was writing to a church that was already saved. These were believers. And he's saying that this godly sorrow leads to repentance. And that repentant heart, a heart that has changed its mind, 
towards sin. Not that, oh, geez, you know, we're sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, it's a change of mind and attitude towards the very sin. And with that kind of repentance, it will deliver you from that sin. I don't know about you, but feeling sorry about sin never delivered me from it. Never did. Feeling sorry that I had sinned only let me cry for a little while, but I found that that sin was so attractive I kept it in my back pocket. I liked it. I felt sad that I was so easily beset by it, but it wasn't until I had a change of mind towards this thing, till my repentance said, no, I will not entertain this any longer. My repentance wasn't a sorrowful mind after the event. My repentance was a changed attitude before it could tempt me again. And that is repentance which will deliver me, which will save me, which will heal me from the effects of that sin again in my life. So let's fully understand a repentant heart, a heart towards sin that is soft and repentant so that we won't fall into it. It's not a sorry I got caught attitude. He says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to deliverance or salvation, and it leaves no regrets. Because I've got victory over it. I've been delivered from it. No regrets, pure mind, pure conscience. And it goes on, but worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow is just being sad that you disappointed someone. Come on, husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about. Honey, I'm sorry I said those things to you the other night. Three days later, you used the same language and the same attitude. Well, don't fall for that. That is not repentance. That's godly sorrow. I'm sorry I got you upset because then that upsets our household and it makes me uncomfortable. That's what that's about. That is not godly repentance. Godly repentance is, God forbid that I would ever allow these words to speak out of my mouth again that I would offend my wife or my husband in such a way that I would speak in such a manner that is, that is so foreign to the way Jesus would speak to His bride, to the way that I would speak to Christ in my worship as the church would worship Christ as a woman should love her husband. No, I will not go there again. And when those words form on my mouth, I will repent, I will change my mind to ever allow my flesh to speak that way out of my mouth to my wife ever again. That's repentance. It's a change of mind. It's not feeling sorry. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? See, it produces something. It produces something. It produces fruit. John called John the Baptist called for the fruits of repentance. That's an attitude, an action change that comes from a decision in your mind. But now, you want to be clean in your heart before God. You don't want to be an offense. So before it even begins, repentance must start. See, we always look at repentance as an after-the-fact situation. God's plan for repentance is before the fact. That's when you need repentance. And he said, you know what? I didn't write harshly to defend those who spoke in the wrong or to defend the one who was injured. That wasn't my interest. See, there was an offense there. There was a sin there. I'm not going to take sides in this matter. 
Because this is a bigger issue than who was right or wrong about this particular sin. No, there's a bigger matter here among the church. He said this, but rather that before God, you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. You could see for yourselves that because I was harsh with you in dealing with this sin, church, it wasn't to prove who was wrong or who was right. It was to prove who would be righteous. Who would choose to repent of all these actions and do what's right. Look what happened. You responded well. And I proved through you your devotion to Paul and your devotion to God. That's what true repentance will reveal. Your devotion to God versus your devotion to self. So true repentance keeps the image of God before your face so that you'll be faithful to Him. Verse 13, by all this we are encouraged. It's essential to our growth as believers to have a repentant heart. To have a repentant heart. A heart on guard for sin. A heart and a mind that has turned from sin in such a way that we will watch for it at all times. How about we do what he would ask us to do and he said that even before temptations arrives, I'm going to deliver you. How about we have a repentant heart before we even begin to think about sin and we say, no, I've changed my mind about this. I repent before I even go there. Because repentance is a change of mind. You've got to change your mind on these things. I'm going to say something very direct that most of us have not repented of many of the sins that we have in our lives. We just feel bad about it. Speaking to myself too. Most of us as believers have not repented from our sins. We just feel bad about them. And we think that's repentance. Gee, I'm sorry, God. I keep doing it. Geez, I'm sorry, God. I fail you again. I'm sorry, God. Ah, thank you for your grace. Seventy times seven. Hallelujah. Thank God. I'm sorry. I feel bad. Ah, better luck next time. When true repentance is an attitude towards sin that I will do everything in your strength to stay from this thing. I want such a change of heart and mind. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I don't care who tempts you, who draws you. Come on, just have one. I'm not going to go there. No, my mind and my attitude is so repentant from that sin. I'm not going to go there. Don't ask me to go there anymore. But that's a repentant heart. A repentant heart is one who has changed their mind. It's time to repent. Now, look, at I'm telling you this because I believe what God's doing in and among us as a body of Christ, and I believe that we have to have a heart that is repentant towards sin if we're going to go to the next level. Why do I say that? Because that's what God did every time. He prepared a great move of the Lord. When Jesus was coming, there was a voice crying in the wilderness, and what did that voice say? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And how were they to prepare the way? Repent. Repent. What did that mean for Israel? 
For 400 years, there was no prophet in the land. For 400 years, Israel was living by their priests, by their sacrifices, by the word that God had given them. For 400 years, they didn't do anything. Till a six-month ministry from John the Baptist changed the heart of the nation of Israel. Why? He said, you've got to change the way you're thinking. You have got to change the way you're thinking. You need to get into this river and you need to change the way you're living your life. You need to change the way you're thinking. Now, what's so radical? Why did that, for six months, how is it that that changed the climate of Israel to prepare for Messiah? Because he told them. They're all saying, well, who do you think you are? Why are you here? We're sons of Israel. We're in the covenant. He said, God can make sons of Israel out of these stones. Get in the water. And change your mind. Change your heart. Prepare for God. Are you prepared for God? Or are you on cruise control? Hey, man, I'm in the covenant. God wants to do something. Bring it on. Bring it on. If God wants me to have that, bring it on. He'll give it to me. But have you prepared for it? Have you sought after it? This is the most common thing I hear about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, if God wants me to have it, I'd love to have it. If God wants me to have it, He said, seek earnestly. Seek earnestly. Jesus said, pray, seek, find me, knock. Have you prepared the way? Are you ready to prepare the way? Prepare the way. Well, how do you prepare the way for God's next move? How do you prepare the way for God to bring a revival in your own heart, to bring a refreshing, to bring the entrance of His presence like John the Baptist was to do? Repentance. Begin to turn from the sin that so easily besets you. Begin to have a heart that begins to examine itself and say, what have I allowed into my heart? What have I allowed into my life? What have I allowed into my mind? What attitudes have begun to seep in? God wants to bring the next move, but you've got to prepare the way, and you have to prepare the soil, and that's your heart. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1.13. The way this happens is through revelation. God wants to give you a revelation. Because you have a repentant heart that's ready to receive. That's what happened to Paul. Look at Galatians chapter 1, 13. He said, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. This guy just wasn't unhappy. He didn't pass out leaflets. He was killing them. He was bent on destroying the New Testament church. He said, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not consult with any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Paul repented of his ways, the change of mind, the change of heart, to turn from that way. And I'm telling you, how do you think you can turn from your sin? How do you think, how do we think we're ever going to repent of sin? By our effort? 
You and I don't have enough strength in our body to turn away from the power of sin in our body. It has to come from Jesus Christ. It has to come from a revelation knowledge. And that revelation knowledge will impact you. It will shatter your life. But you've got to prepare the way for it. You've got to prepare the way for the Word of God. Jesus was the Word. John the Baptist prepared it. He said, change your minds. Be alert. Come on. Pay attention. And the Word of God showed up and He said, behold, the Lamb of God. Same thing with Paul. Paul was religiously great, man. Paul was making his way up the religious ladder. He was doing great things. How many of you, you're great, man. You come to church, you tithe 10%. You do extra work. It's great. Wow. You, man, you're a Christian, all shiny and good. But how long you've been at this level? Huh? Have you arrived like Paul till one day, come on, you need to start churning up the fallow ground. You need to begin having a heart that says, God, if you want to lay something on me, lay something on me. I'm tired of where I'm at. I'm tired of what I'm doing. Come on, Lord God, bring a revelation. Begin asking for that Word to be planted. And God will bring such a revelation to you, you will have the power now to repent. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe you haven't done anything. Turn to Proverbs 21.2. Proverbs 21.2. All, all a man's ways seem right to him. Doesn't that make sense? I don't know about you, but I mean, I try to do everything that seems right to me. And so as far as I'm concerned, I'm in great shape. Everything's all right, man. You know, I live a good life. <laughs> you hear that, right? I live a good life. I treat people good. I'm honest. I'm, you know... Of course all our ways seem right to us. We're running the show. Hello? What have you deceived yourself with? Hmm? What, what particular sins have you just deceived yourself and justified? See, I, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? We find ourselves in such messes. We go, how did I get here? You walked there. How did I get myself into this mess? You deceived yourself all the way there and patted yourself on the back to get there. But with a repentant heart, you're not going to go there. With a repentant heart, you see, it's before the sin. This great quote by Josh Billings, it's much easier to repent of sins that we have committed than to repent of those we intend to commit. I want to repent of the sins I intend to commit. And when I repent of them, a change of mind, I won't commit them. I'm going to stop my self-deception. You know how to boil a frog, don't you? One degree at a time. If you turn the heat up on a frog and you put them in a... I don't know why you'd boil a frog in the first place. <laughs> I think I ate them in China. I don't know. And if they would have cooked frog there, we wouldn't have eaten the frog legs. Oh, no, we would have eaten a frog belly or something. You're going to serve me pig. Serve me ham. i got to eat, eat stinking pig ears. I just can't fathom that. You know, you got a pig sitting in front of you. You throw the pig out and give me the ears. What's that? Give me the pig. 
I tried it, but I can't recommend it. Pig ears. Anyways, why would you boil a frog? I don't know, but it's a good illustration. If you turn the heat up on that thing, that thing, he'll jump right out. It's too hot in here. But if you turn it one degree at a time, one degree at a time, he will stay and boil in that pot without moving because he got used to it, used to it. If we don't have a repentant heart, and if we think repentance is just used when we fail God, we are going to continue that circle of thought. Sorry, God. Sorry, God. Oops, sorry, God. When God wanted to deliver us from sin and wanted to teach us how to be victorious over it, repentance comes before the sin. That's where it belongs. A change of mind and a change of heart. It's a preparation. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. A mind set against sin, on alert, on watch, uh, ready to have a revelation of the condition that we're in, ready to be bare before God. Weigh my heart, God. Weigh it out today. And show me where I'm blind. Show me where I'm failing. Because I want to repent of this thing. I don't want to keep living it. I want to approach it with a repentant heart. Have you changed? Do you still speak the same way you used to to your mate? Come on, see, this is what I'm talking about. Repentance is changing. Changing. Some of you have, have the ability to change your speech and your attitude for an hour and a half at church. That's a miracle. But you go home and you use the same speech you used to when you were in the world. You spew the same garbage out. You have the same attitude towards each other. Fake us all out. Fake us out. Who are we kidding? Huh? Fake us out. How do you think we're ever going to get to the next level? How do you think God's ever going to break into your life if we play this, gee, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, and we don't do anything about it? How many of us steal, lie, and cheat? And usually, we deal with it after the fact. Gee, I'm sorry. It's not good enough anymore. It's not. That's not the kind of salvation God wants in this church. It's not the kind of Christianity God wants from His people. Christianity is not grace that just allows us to keep bumbling our way through and saying, gee, sorry, 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 sorry. Can you imagine a marriage like that? I don't know, maybe you're in one. But what about being preemptive? Hmm? Preemptive in our dealing with sin. And I'm talking about the sins of the attitudes of our heart. The way we speak to each other. It's time to change. The way we act at work. Well, everybody else is doing it. No, it's time that we deal with it. And God has given us power to deal with it. And God's going to give us revelation to deal with it. And He's going to show us how to overcome it. You see, an active Christian, an active Christianity with a repentant heart is going to actively change 
the way they live. Not add Jesus to the way they live so that they have grace. What's that bumper sticker? I hate that bumper sticker. I'm not. Uh, I'm just forgiven. Something like that. What is that? Uh, yeah, Christians aren't perfect. We're just forgiven. That reminds me. I know it's a true statement. I know that. I know that. But the Bible calls us to perfection. And the word perfection isn't flawless performance. The word perfection is to be what you were created to become. And so when I see a bumper sticker like that, I see it as just one big excuse to say, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> cut you off. You cut me off, gave you the finger, but I'm forgiven. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. I'm not per perfect. I'm just forgiven. We are forgiven. Thank God. And we are called to perfection. And the way we're going to get there is to have a heart softened towards sin, working against it, fighting against that sin. When we see it, we will repel from it because our mind has changed. I'm not going to bring this attitude into my house anymore. I'm not going to speak to my children this way anymore. I'm not going to uh, treat my job as I used to anymore. I'm going to walk in the revelation knowledge of God towards perfection, being complete in Him, the image of Christ. And God says this in Isaiah 66, verse 2, This is the one I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. That's a heart repentant, a heart changed towards the attitude of sin. 